0: Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. He was still tuning. It wasn't wasn't that... Hey, good morning. It's good to see you guys. Um... I want to do something before we jump into the message real quick. Yesterday, we had a great time together with all of our volunteers, or most of them that were able to be here. We just got together. We had a time of prayer and just talking about what we're doing. And, and so real quick, if you are a volunteer, would you please stand up? And we want to say a thank you. If you serve in any capacity, go ahead. I know you just got comfortable, but stand up. Go ahead. Yay! Thank you all for what you do. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I see Benjamin. Hey, Ben, would you stand up? Ben just got back from being deployed. Welcome home, sir. Good to see you. I'm sure Caitlin was happy to see you too, I'm sure just a little bit, so. But it's great to be together and worship with you all today. We are in the second week of our series called I Heart. And each week we're looking at different things that we love. And last week we talked about how we heart Jesus. We love Jesus. And we kind of got the very startling fact that there's a lot of things we put above him. And so we kind of have to answer that and deal with that first before we can really enter into that love relationship with Jesus. If you missed that, we encourage you to, you can go online to our Facebook page and you can watch that message Or you can listen to the podcast, so um, if you want to do that, we encourage you to do that to catch up and see where we are. Today is definitely a note-taking kind of day, I think, Um, not because of what I say, but because of the scripture I'm going to be sharing with you. So uh, you have a space on the back of your bulletin, you can write that, but I encourage you to write down these verses and some of these thoughts and ideas today uh, to apply in your relationships, because we're talking about our sweetheart, and let me say this. Uh, I know that sometimes someone's going to be up on the stage talking about a sweetheart or marriage or relationships, and all the single people or the, oh, I used to be in a relationship and now I'm not. I kind of go, oh, this is horrible. But I'm going to tell you today that wherever you find yourself, with a sweetheart, without, hoping there's going to be a sweetheart, wherever you find yourself. These are very practical uh, verses we're going to look at today, practical uh, ideas and teachings on just how to be wise in our relationship with the people that God has given to us, people that we love, people that we like. And so this is very applicable wherever you find yourself. So if you see someone that's kind of like nodding off and sliding down seat, just give them a really sharp elbow and say, "Hey, Jesus loves you," and and then they can continue on listening. So, uh, but I just don't want you to check out and think this isn't for you. Okay, um, so we're talking about I heart my sweetheart. And before I really get into some principles I want to share with you today, there's three myths that I want to address and then we're just going to take them off the table cuz they're just not true. And I will say that anyone that is married, has been in a relationship for a long time, you're going to be able to say amen to some of these myths. So if you feel the desire to just yell out an amen, you feel free to do so. You got that freedom. Here's the first one. The first myth, love comes naturally no amens to that, I think, it doesn't come naturally, here's the thing about, about love, it doesn't, sometimes people get really discouraged in their relationships, because they think, it's just not, I'm just not feeling it, it's not there, listen, love is developed, love is nurtured, love is grown, now what does come naturally is lust, what does come naturally is that desire, that, that um, physical desire for intimacy, that's a natural thing, and every, almost every living cre- creature on this earth h- understands that instinct. But love, love is something that is nurtured and grown. So, so you might find that you've been married forever, and you go, man, we're just not feeling that love. And it used to be so easy and so natural. No, it never was natural. It's got to be nurtured and developed. So, um, and listen to this. We love because God loved us first. And so the kind of love that we're talking about, the kind of love that we should have for our sweetheart is love that God has given to us. And we want to understand that love and develop that love. So that's one we can set to the side. Here's one I'm sure I'm going to get some am- amens on. If my sweetheart really loved me, they would understand me. Is that a myth? Okay. Two people. Amen. Amen. I don't want to say it out loud. Oh. Listen, love and understanding are not the same thing. Just because you've got a sweetheart and they think that you are so beautiful and adorable and amazing and the strongest. And and these are all the things that Ed thinks about Aaron. He's like, Um, but just because you've got a sweetheart doesn't mean automatically you're going to understand one another. It doesn't mean that they're going to get it. Anyone who's been married any length of time knows this. I still, Drew and I have only, we've been married for eight years. And there's still things about Drew I don't understand. And there's a lot of things that drew does not understand about me he's just like why i don't understand and just where he's my sweetheart but we don't naturally understand one another and we shouldn't expect and this is definitely for our folks that are yet to have a sweetheart yet to be in that relationship don't expect love to suddenly give you an in-depth understanding of another person don't expect because you feel all that flutteriness and that, oh, I can't wait, that you're suddenly just going to completely understand the other person because it's never going to happen. You're never going to get to that point. Love should make you want to understand that person, right? Uh, that kind of love, that God, that should urge you to want, I want to know my sweetheart more because I love them, but it's not an automatic that you're going to get. Here's the third myth to just set it aside. Because we are so in love, my sweetheart and I are never gonna fight. Okay? Is that a myth? I wrote, here's what I wrote in my notes that's a load and a half of baloney. I wrote that in my notes, it's right there. Not just one load, a load and a half. Um, here's how i kind of equate arguments with sweethearts before they get married and arguments with sweethearts after they get married arguments before you get married but you're still sweethearts are kind of like pillow fights you're like oh that was mean oh and you don't really cuz you don't want to scare them off right you you still want to be in a relationship you're like I don't. arguments with sweethearts in the marriage relationship are like a, a cage death match like an mma like all like people it's like you know uh just like chains and things throwing bricks you know bring whatever weapons you want and get in there we're not going anywhere because we're married this is we're closed in cage and we're just going to fight to the death you know and that's kind of how those those relationships are but, oh but you're my sweetheart so we'll never argue with well, the worst decision anyone can make single people hear this without a sweetheart yet people hear this the worst decision you could ever make is go hey let's get married and we'll fix all this you know, that's, you know, because if you've been having some pillow fights, uh, oh, hee hee, you know, with your sweetheart now, and think you're going to get married, it's, gonna, it's just not going to happen. It's just, it's not. It's so pump those brakes if, if you're thinking that's the way to go. Something um, on my shirt. So those are three myths. Let's move them to the side. Um, and, and let's talk about a couple of things that I want to, to uh, address. You know, when I first got married... Um, people, and people do this a lot right after you get married, they ask the question, they come up to you and they go, hey, how's married life treating you? Right? And I would look at people, and I'm honest I don't like to fake my answers, like, oh, I'm fine, you know, I broke my leg, but I'm great. I like to be um, honest, so people would say, hey, how's married life treating you? And I would say, I never realized how selfish I was. And I'd say with a smile, people would be like, oh, okay, that's, I just want, to hmm, you know, and then move <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> a prayer meeting for Drew after afterwards. Um, but I really didn't because there was just so much in my life that I didn't that I would just set for myself and now there's this other person in it. And so, you know, making those adjustments and um, we we want with we want to heart our sweetheart. We want to be people who are saying, I'm 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 for you, I'm not against you. So many relationships though, right? We're we're against. It seems like we, we often go in as if we're doing battle instead of, I'm with you in this, that I'm, I'm alongside of you, I'm, I'm a part of you. Um, you know, I kind of blame uh, Disney and maybe some, some fairy tales that we, we all read when we were little about this idea of happily ever after. You know, it's like we've kind of been taught that every, every love story that we think of kind of ends with the, and they lived happily ever after. You know, if I ever want to breeze through a book real quick with Mallory because she wants me to read to her at night, I'm like, once upon a time, they lived happily ever after, the end. And she's like, that's not it. There's more in there. But we kind of always end these stories with happily ever after. But it's not true. It's not always true. Um, and, and we shouldn't be discouraged that that's not true. But there are some things we can do. There's some principles we can apply from Scripture that will help us be people who are, in a peaceful relationship with our sweetheart, in a growing, loving relationship with our sweetheart, but it's not going to be an automatic. Oh, we got the ring on the finger, happily ever after. So there's some things we need to do in the process. Some things we need to to cultivate and, and build on. Um, you know, I was I was wondering about this. You know, one of the things I think that that the happily ever after doesn't happen is that in re, in the dating, right, in the courting, in the wooing. You just go along with whatever, because you just want to, I just want to be around you. I just want to look into your beautiful eyes, and I just want to, oh, I smell like you. Oh, it's so wonderful, and, you know, and now, ew, I smell like you, you know. It's like, but in that, in that courting stage, you do whatever, and you, you agree to eat Indian food five days in a row, even though you're, like, dying on the inside, you know, <laughs> but, but, but that's what your sweetheart wants, so you do it. And then you get married, and you get in the relationship, and and we kind of stop. We, we stop cultivating that relationship. We stop considering the other person, and, and, and we kind of just start to look at ourselves and think of ourselves. And when I was preparing this message, and I started working on it a few weeks ago, I kept coming back to this one verse that actually we talked about, couple of years ago. It was out of a marriage conference, but I used it in a message too. And it's this verse out of Amos, which I know is, what? I thought that was cookies. There's also a, a book in the Bible. It's Amos 3.3. 3, and it says this, I love this verse. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? So like, if you've got a sweetheart right now, just imagine you're holding that person's hand, or go ahead and grab it if you're nearby. If you want to have a sweetheart, you can just think yourself, you're just walking hand in hand with your sweetheart. And you're walking along the beach or in a field or wherever that commercial takes you that you think about with two people holding hands and you're, maybe you're in a bathtub and they're in another bathtub and they're holding hands. It's a weird one. I don't understand. <laughs> Seems like they make a bathtub bigger. But anyway, you and your sweetheart and you're holding hands, right? And you go, okay, honey. Okay, honey, let's go. Okay and then you, one, one of you goes left and one of you goes right, but you're still holding hands, somebody's going to get hurt. You're still holding hands, but one person's going left and one person's going right. There's going to be twisted ankles and busted knees, and someone's going to end up dragging somebody somewhere because they're not in agreement about where they're going. See, really, if we want to be people who heart our sweetheart, if we love our sweetheart, we're people who are going to say, I want to agree with that person. Now what that does not mean is it doesn't mean that you you never speak your mind, doesn't mean you never share your opinion, doesn't mean you just roll over and play dead and let them just, you know, bulldoze through. Being in agreement means that you're prepared to be in agreement. See, if you're with your sweetheart And this is my tendency. Uh, Again, y'all can have a prayer meeting for Drew after the service. But my tendency is to assume that I know how Drew's going to respond to stuff. I know no other couples do this. But I assume that I know how Drew's going to react and how he's going to respond and and what his thoughts are going to be. So sometimes I come in a little defensive. I I know it's just a problem that I have. So... um, so I will, I will do that and, and I will just assume that so I'm already at a place where I'm not in agreement with him. I'm assuming there's going to be a, a disagreement, that we're not aligned, that we're not going in the same direction. And it, already, it sets up the whole thing for, for trouble from the very beginning. See, we want to be people who are prepared to agree. I need to go into conversation with Drew. Maybe it'll be a, a difficult subject or something we're going to have to work through or talk out. I need to go into that prepared to be in agreement with him. Okay? And I know that's easier said than done, but I want us to look at some scripture this morning because here's what I saw. These principles out of this verse of Amos 3.3, 3, talking about walking together, being in agreement. Look at what the message says of Amos 3.3. 3. It's pretty much the same, but it says, do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? And we know the answer, heck no. Of course they don't. So, and that's the thing, though. How, many, how many couples, how many people are together and they're not really walking, to, they're not going to the same place. And yet they're supposed to be sweethearts. They're supposed to be hand in hand. So here's the deal. How do we agree then? How, if, if we want to be people who are prepared to agree, how do we do that? How, how do we even begin that process? Because see, I could go in so many different directions in this message. We could talk about finances. That's an issue with sweethearts in marriage and relationships. Finances is a deal, right? Children, that's a deal. Right, it's something you talk about. It's something that you know, intimacy. That's a thing, right? We got to talk about that. Um, Blended families. You know, two two people coming together. You got to talk about that. Extended families. What about your mom? What about you know? You got to talk about these things. These are important. Communication is so important. And that's what I came down, so instead of just going in any one of those directions, and we could have looked at scripture on any of those, I just wanted to bring it down to this one thing. I think this is key in all of those areas, and it is, the word I just said, communication. If you want to heart your sweetheart, if you want to love your sweetheart, if you plan to be, have a sweetheart one day, I'm telling you right now, be someone who says, I'm going to be a good communicator in that relationship. Now, some of you are going, I already communicate. I yell from one room, they yell to the other, or they yell, what? And then, they, you know, you are, uh, come over here, you know. It, yeah, that's not communication, okay? That's not good communication. Here's what good communication is made up of. So, communication is the key in, in our, with our relationship with our sweetheart. Good communication is about what you say, and it's about how you listen. It's about what you say, and it's about how you listen, Two very important things there. How do we listen? It's not just about the things we say. It's about how we listen to what our sweetheart says to us. Here's the deal. The fairy tale, the happily ever after, that comes to a screeching halt when we stop listening to our sweetheart. It just stops. Um, it, 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 It comes to a halt when we suddenly are not giving our sweetheart the benefit of the doubt. Right? Some of us do that. I, I had the image in my head earlier of sometimes I will go into conversation with Drew and it's like I'm Rambo. I've got like the bandoliers, you know, and I've got my weapons ready because I know it's kinda you know, here we go. And I'm just I'm not I'm going in assuming that I know how Drew is going to Drew's mom's in here and she's like, Oh, why did he oh dear, dear Lord, my baby boy. Oh no. <laughs> Love you, Janice. Um But the oh my bless you. Uh, we need to be people who are saying, I'm gonna love my sweetheart. I'm gonna listen to my sweetheart. I'm gonna gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not gonna assume I know what they're gonna say. I'm not gonna assume I know how they're gonna respond to me. I'm not gonna assume that their eyes are gonna roll in the back of their head when I say what I'm about to say. I'm gonna be someone who says, no, you are my sweetheart, and I'm gonna, I wanna communicate with you. I wanna be in agreement with you. This is, I'm gonna be in relationship with you in a loving way, and that's very important. So we want to agree, we want to agree. So here are five principles, okay? We wanna agree, we do that by good communication. Five principles to help us agree to love our sweetheart. The first one is this, to listen without speaking. I know, it's just three words and it makes so much sense when you read them on paper but then you get into a conversation with your sweetheart and suddenly you want to talk without listening. I do. We don't listen without speaking sometimes. Listen to what Proverbs 18 says. Proverbs, amazing place. Anytime you're going, I don't know what to read in the Bible, I'm not really sure, I should be reading it, I don't know where to go, just start reading Proverbs, seriously. It's so full of wisdom, just daily application. Proverbs 18 13 says this Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. I know there have been times when you've been in in conversation, talking, communicating with your sweetheart. And you walked away going, well, that was kind of shameful and foolish. Or maybe, maybe your sweetheart said, that's really shameful and foolish. And you're like, ow, that hurt? But it's true. While in conversation, okay, how about this? Think about this. While you're in conversation with your sweetheart, have you ever been guilty of, you're not, you're kind of listening to them, but you're really just coming up with how you're about to respond like you're kind of doing that, you know, it's kind of like the newscaster that's got the earpiece in and sometimes they like throw it to the other reporter and the reporter's doing their thing and sometimes it comes back to the main person and they're like, they're looking at their phone, they're not really there. It's like that person was talking but the, the newscaster was like, listen, their producer in the ear, or whatever. they're not really there. We do that sometimes in our relationships, right? We don't listen to them or we're listening to reply to the next thing. We're, we're loading back up, right, to give them both barrels or whatever's coming next. We need, we, we don't listen and we just speak. We need to listen before speaking. Stephen Covey wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You may have it, uh, read it, written it, that's weird. Um, but this is what he says. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Folks, that is a lot of relationships. That is a lot of how sweethearts communicate with each other. I'm just listening because I'm about to tell you what I really think. I'm, you just hu- hurry up and get done because it's my turn. You know, it, We just listen to reply. If we want to be in agreement with our sweetheart, if we want to love our sweetheart, we need to master this art of listening to them to understand them, not just to reply to them. Um, that can be really dangerous. Uh, we need to listen before speaking. Th- this is hard for me because I, I don't know if you know this, but I like to talk. And um, I... I'm a, I'm a, th- I'm a th- uh, uh, how do I word this? A think talker. Anyone do this? I think ladies are a little more susceptible to this than men. I work out what I'm thinking by talking, right? And then like after I talk it out, I want to be like edit it and take like half. I just forget that other half. But the problem is I've already put it out there, right? And so Drew's going, what? And I'm like, oh no, just forget that part. No, hold on. Sometimes we think talk, we need to listen, I need to listen, I need to be more wise about this. So first principle in agreeing with your sweetheart about good communication is we need to listen before speaking. And the second thing is we need to speak at the right time. So when we do speak, we're speaking at the right time. Again, sometimes we just want to go right in. Oh, I've got to say this now. This is going to be a doozy. Here we go, right? Ask yourself this question, is this the right time for me to say this or would it be better if I said it later? Is this the right time? It, it, would it be the right time if it, you know, for, for Drew to drop something on me if I'm walking in and you know how all y'all do? You try and hold like 40 grocery bags like at one time. I'm going to make it all. I'm going to get it all in on one trip. You, know, you get all the bags. Would this be a good time for Drew to tell me that I need to do something else? Not a good time. Right? Just, so is this the best time to say this? Listen to what Proverbs fifteen twenty three says. Everyone, everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It means everyone loves a good word. Everyone loves a good response. No one's going to be like, that was horrible. Why are you so nice? No, we love a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. And you jump down to verse 28 and it says this, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Oh, the mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. Yeah, that's, that's not good. My mouth has got me in trouble so many times, like as a little kid and high school and college, just saying stuff without thinking, speaking when I shouldn't be. It's got me in trouble as an adult. It's got me in trouble as a wife. It's got me in trouble as a mom. It's got me in trouble as a pastor. It's just, it, it can, again, we, we speak sometimes at the wrong time. If we want to be in agreement with our sweetheart, with, with the person that we love, we need people to say, you know, I'm going I'm to work on this. I want to I wanna apply these passages out of Proverbs. I want to speak the right time. Here's the third principle. It's this. We need to have the right attitude. I kind of mentioned this a minute ago. Sometimes I can go in, you know, just loaded down, ready to do battle. We do this sometimes. If, you know, I think it might be a defense mechanism for some of us. We know it's going to be uncomfortable, so we automatically act really defensive. We automatically act like whatever you say is not going to bother me. It's not going to affect me. It's not going to hurt me. And, and, and it's not healthy. It's not good. We tend to do it, though. We need to have the right attitude when we go in. Um, this is so big. There's absolutely no way, no way, zero, that you're going to be in agreement with your sweetheart that you're going to be holding hands, going in the same direction. It's not going to happen if you have a bad attitude and you come in blazing with frustration, if you come in blazing with anger, if you come in blazing with bitterness, if you come in with unforgiveness, if you come in with jealousy, any of that stuff. It's absolutely impossible for you to be hand in hand, walking in agreement with that person. We've got to have the right attitude. How many times have you been in an argument or a conversation, or a discussion, or whatever fancy word you have for it, with your sweetheart, and before you know it, because you don't really have the right attitude, you start having an argument about something that happened in the argument, like, I saw you breathe like that. I saw those nostrils go, you know. I, I saw how you put your keys down on the counter, you know. Why are you walking that way? You know, it's like, and Before you know it, you're having, like, four side arguments about the one thing that was actually the discussion, and it's because you didn't come in with a really good attitude. And so you, this is true. Drew and I have learned this, and sometimes it works. We're, we're, working, we're, we're working on this, and we really don't have major arguments, really. So, but this is one thing we do. Anytime, like, a side thing comes up, and it's really important, we'll say this. Let's... Let's, set, let's table that, let's set that to the side, let's talk about what we're really talking about and if one of us had something that's really important over here, then let's talk about that after. Often we don't end up ever going to the after because it was really about this. It's that defense mechanism. We need to have the right attitude instead of having those side arguments. And the, How many times you have been in an argument by the time you finally all make up and kissy kissy you're going, I don't even remember what we argued about. You know, It's just because you kind of ran in circles for a little while. We need to come in with the right attitude. Uh, here's what Ephesians 4 says about this. Apply this. Imagine you're holding hands with your sweetheart. And you're about to discuss something that's, that's difficult, it's hard. It, you're going to have to work through it, talk it through. Get rid, not tone it down. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. Right? That's the ammunition that you can bring in and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other with your sweetheart that you're holding hands with. What a novel idea. Be kind to each other. Tender hearted, not hard hearted, not calloused. Tender hearted, forgiving one another. And there's a reason we do all this. I love the last part of this verse. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. How often are we like, oh God, thank you for your forgiveness, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your grace that you've given to me and you've given me new life. I'm a new creature. I have been made new. But that joker, <laughs> I'm not given, no, uh-uh. You gotta you gotta deal with this, you gotta own this. You can't. We do no, we've we've been given this. Let's give it to our sweetheart. Let's offer it to our sweetheart. Let's let's make that and 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 Okay, maybe they're acting like a jack wagon, but just give them, give them, I mean, give the opportunity to work it out. So, so here's what we do. If we're going to be people with our sweetheart who are agreeing, we're going to listen before speaking, we're going to speak at the right time, we're going to have the right attitude. And then when we do speak, folks, we're going to use the right words. We're going to use the right words. This is something we're, don't we teach our little kids about this? But how to express themselves, you know, not be rude, not be ugly, you know. How about we try it out in our relationship with our sweetheart? Use the right words. Are the words that I am going to say when I do say them at the right time in the best possible way, are these words gonna be, are these gonna be good words? Not, not the best way to win the argument. Ah. You know, because we're listening to understand. We're not listening to reply the best way to respond in a loving way to our sweetheart. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says this. A gentle answer deflects anger. So that's, that gets, that's the side argument solution right there. A gentle answer deflects anger. <laughs> and here's what starts him: Harsh words make tempers flare. See, if we want to be people who agree with our sweetheart, if we, are, if we want to love our sweetheart, that person that we're holding hands with and we're saying we're going to go in the same direction, we're going to, we're going to walk after God together, we're going to pursue Him together, holding hands, then we need to make sure that we're using our, the right words as we speak to each other. Some of the worst things that, that, that some people, I'll throw myself in here, have ever said to another human being, have been words spoken to their sweetheart. It not seem very sweet in the moment. So we need to use the right words. So for people who are agreeing, we're holding hands, we're, we're doing this together, we're going to listen before speaking, we're going to speak at the right time, we're going to have the right attitude, we're going to use the right words when we do speak, and here's the fifth principle. And it's the one that I think gets kind of, we don't even think about this. We just kind of go, oh, I never thought about this before, but oh my goodness, it's huge. Listen, we're going to pray before we do speak. How many arguments, discussions, misunderstandings would sweethearts be done with if they prayed before having that conversation? How many would be done? How many, it would just never happen because they prayed before communicating before sending the text that you cannot read emotion through. I don't care how many emojis you use, okay? It's just not going to it's just not going to do it. It's not the tone's not there. The eye contact's not there. It's not going to work. I don't, however you communicate, and by the way, that's a horrible way to communicate with your sweetheart, okay? I mean, if you need to do it like, "Hey, what do we need from the store?" that's cool, but otherwise, you know, keep the good stuff for face to face, right? Keep the difficult stuff for face-to-face. Pray before speaking. If you and I, if we prayed before speaking, how much grief would be, how many side arguments would never occur? How many, uh, how many verbal traps would we not step in? Because I'm a, I'm a, a think talker, talk thinker, however you were, and so I will just step in trap after trap after trap because I'm just rattling stuff off. Oh, just forget that. I can't. You said it. Listen to what uh, Psalm 19 says, verse 14 this is a prayer this is a prayer may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you see if you're meditating in your heart how you're about to just tear your sweetheart apart with your verbal assault that's not gonna please God by the way if if you are if the words of your mouth are full of anger full of uh, venom uh, full of just defensiveness that is not going to honor God in any way. So imagine if you were to pray something like this. Imagine if you were to pray this. You're, you're, you're sitting in your car, right? And you know you're about to, you're about to go have a, a it's going to be a conversation. You're not really sure which way it's going to go, how it's going to be received, where this is going. You know it's going to be difficult, kind of uncomfortable. Imagine you just sat in your car and you said, okay, God, what I'm about to say, would it honor you? Um, would it please you? God, would you help me not to speak harshly even though I feel so passionately about this? Would you help me watch how I'm saying it? Would you help me watch my tone and, and the volume? God, would you help me not use my words as a weapon? God, would you, would you help me to listen to my sweetheart because I really do want to understand. I really do want to understand them. See, that's an honest prayer. God, would you would you help me to communicate to my sweetheart in a way that that really tells them how I feel, but but not in a way that that pushes them away or causes them to get defensive with me. God, because I want to grow closer to my sweetheart. That's an honest prayer. God, I, I want you to be honored with my words. I want you to be honored with the conversation that we're about to have. Imagine if you were to pray that kind of a prayer before going in and having a conversation with your sweetheart. So what does it look like to love your sweetheart? What does that look like? I I think we've kind of touched on some things that it doesn't look like. We we certainly don't wait for it to just happen naturally because that's just, you know, it is a cultivated thing. It is something you pour into. It is something that you take care of. And if you're going to keep just throwing in harsh words and defensiveness and and yelling and, and, you know, not seeing eye to eye and trying to communicate through text message, that's, just just go ahead and be done. But if you want to honor God with your relationship, if you want to honor him, if you really want to see your sweetheart grow in their faith in their closeness with the Lord, then you'll you'll consider these principles. You'll say, what is, God's word tells me I should speak this way, I should respond this way, I should act this way, I should think this way, I should pray this way about my sweetheart. It's not gonna come naturally, you gotta work for it. You can't trust your emotions. You certainly cannot. Because there's going to be times when you're feeling great and then the next day it could be not so great. There's going to be times that your finances are awesome and there's going to be a time when it's not. There's going to be times when your kids are like model citizens and then there's going to be a time when you wonder what zoo they came from. And, and so you never, don't ever wait for something perfect to happen because it's just not going to. We need people who practice wisdom from scriptures and apply it to our relationships. If you have your sweetheart here with you this morning, uh, I encourage you today to take these five principles. And, and I just I want to pray, if you're sitting by your sweetheart. See, Drew's not here today, so I did the selfie like that earlier. Um, but I just want you to grab your, sweetheart hand, your sweetheart's hand if you're here. And listen, you know what? You know, some of us go, sure, I want to hold your hand. But I know this to be true. There are some sweethearts, they wouldn't really call each other sweetheart right now. And just the mere fact that they just grabbed hands is like huge. And I understand that. So we need to, but let's start, wherever you find yourself in your, in your sweetheartness, if it's really, really sweet or maybe it's kind of sour, start to apply these principles right now. I, I want to I pray this for you. I want to I pray this over you. And, and for those of you that are, you don't have the hand to hold right now, Pray this prayer that God would start to work this in your heart so that when you do find yourself with the possibility of a sweetheart, oh my goodness, you're coming in so much, in such a better place. You've got maturity. You've got wisdom. You're trying to f- figure out this understanding. So l- let, me, let me pray this over you. God, I-, I pray your blessing over the sweethearts that are in here this morning. I pray, God, that you are... Um, drawing them closer together. I pray, Lord, that you're tearing down those walls of defensiveness and, and even maybe hostility and anger and resentment and stuff that might have been building up. God, you're tearing those down. You're giving a desire for both people to be closer together. They want to honor you with with their relationship. They want to honor you. They understand. God, help them to understand that this love that they feel or maybe felt, and it's kind of starting to dwindle, this isn't something they created. It was given by you. And so I pray that this is their desire, that they would want this in their relationship. God, help them to turn to Scripture and to see the wisdom that is found here so they would apply it to their relationships and grow in you. God, I pray for healing in the broken places. And God, for those who desire that sweetheart, and, and maybe they're saying, God, I want it right now. And, and maybe it's some years down the road. Lord, would you start to prepare the hearts of these people? Would you start to prepare you would start to work in them to go, you know what? The way I've been seeing people do this thing, it just doesn't seem to be working. And I want to honor you, God. Would you start to work in me now, God, so that I can be someone who who does when I when you do put that other person's hand in my hand, I'm gonna be walking towards you. And I want that person to be walking towards you too. I wanna I wanna be that person. God, I pray for them as well. And God, the reality is, like we said at the beginning, is that love isn't something we create. We love because you loved us first. And that love is exemplified and shown in the, in the most miraculous way ever, and that is through your son, Jesus Christ. We really understand sacrifice because of Jesus. We really understand forgiveness because of Jesus. We really understand mercy because of Jesus. We really understand grace because of Jesus there's a lot of us in this room that have accepted that fact we have come to terms with that we say I need Jesus and and we're living in that hope and God would you help us to to offer that to our sweetheart but Lord there may be some here today and yeah they might have a sweetheart and they might be loving them and trying to do this but they have never you know for that for that very first time said yes to you They've never said, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, the one who makes true love really possible. So God, if if there are those persons here, I just just pray this with them. I ask them to pray this along with me. God, I just, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. I believe in the new life he gave. And I'm ready to step across that line from from unbelief to belief. And I don't have to have it all figured out. I'm starting, I'm making the first step today. Because of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray all these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to com slash give. Until next time, stay classy listening friends.